With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This, this, this is, 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 is Fight Disciples. We are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. Welcome to podcast episode 287. We are the Fight Disciples. And this one is dedicated to the world of boxing. Thank you very much for deciding to listen to us. If you are a subscriber, again, thank you very much. If you're not, you can subscribe uh, via iTunes. Just check out uh, Fight Disciples on there. You can also get all Android feeds on our website, fightdisciples.com. We're all over social media too, at Fight Disciples on Facebook and Twitter. And it's at The Fight Disciples on Instagram. Um, Got some interesting little uh, bits and bats for you coming up on the show. Even though there was no fighting at the weekend, really... We will speak about uh, bare-knuckle boxing. We're going to do that on our Mixed Martial Arts show, so uh, make sure you download that one as well. Um, and But even though there was no what we would class as major fights at the weekend, there's still a lot to get through as we build up towards Crollywood this weekend. Anthony Crawler uh, over in Los Angeles taking on Vasyl Lomachenko. There's a lot to get through, lots of little bits of news to get through as well. But first of all, I thought we'd start the show... Uh, by talking about this wonderful weather that we are experiencing at this moment in time. Yes, I know, I know. You've tuned in thinking, these lads, they know their stuff about boxing. Let's get stuck into the boxing chat. These are the, these are the main men. However, my uh, my uh, accomplice has uh, rocked up in the studio today. He's got himself a nice little short sleeve shirt on. He's got himself his uh, tight-fitting jeans on. First question that I asked him, whenever the sun's out, is whether he had his flip-flops on. Now, Nicholas, is a pon- he has a penchant for uh, for a flip-flop. I don't like socks. He's not a big fan of socks. And the reason why he's not sporting them today, even though he admitted that he was sporting them yesterday at a family occasion, uh, is... I didn't have time to shave my feet. He didn't have time. That's right, you heard that right. He didn't have time to shave his feet. Men shave their feet. No, they don't. They do. I'm telling you. If I, Listen, if I didn't shave my f- feet, I'd have to plait my toe hair. I've got hobby feet. That's it. I've just got big, hairy feet. That's it. Just, you know, that's life. How often a year do you shave your feet? Well, I even do it through the winter, you see, otherwise it gets uncomfortable in my socks. Because if I wear my socks, pull the hair on the... Because the hair on my feet is so long that it pulls. So I have to routinely shave. Is them. it just your feet? Is it up to your ankles? Where is it? Where just, is it? Just my feet. If you were stood naked... Yeah. Yeah? Would you look like you've got a pair of socks on if you hadn't shaved your feet? <laughs> if I hadn't shaved my feet for six months, absolutely. Would it'd, you? It, I would look like literally like a hobbit with big hairy feet. Right. Yeah, man. So during the summer times, I mean, I, what do you do? Do you, do you just keep on top of it? As often as I would shave my face, yeah. Once a, once yeah, a week. Yeah, but you don't shave your face. You've got a beard, you clown. But, you know, tidy it up then. Once a week. Once a week. Once a week. Is it wet shave? Is it? Have you got a, have you got a specific <laughs> no, razor for it? The, I used to, I'm, I've got a jack of all razor. Yeah. Face. Balls, feet, does the lot. No, you can't put your balls on your face. You can't do that. Does the lot. Do you? Lecky razor, man, does the lot. The little shaver thing. The lecky razor. The you do your balls with your lecky razor as well as your face. Everyone does. You got, have you got like, your own ball shaver? Yeah. Have you? <laughs> You've got a little clipper just especially for you. I have got a specific sh- uh, electric shaver for me bollocks. 
I don't put that on my face, you fucking moron. <laughs> That's weird. You ain't posh that, as fuck, you. Why, why is that weird? <laughs> That's posh. No, it ain't, mate. Does it go on a, like a high shelf that no one's allowed to touch? It does go in a specific drawer, yeah, yeah you know yeah, what I mean? Because yeah. you don't, away. Yeah, you don't you, want to get mixed up. You, well, not that. You just don't want the kids getting hold of that, you know what I mean? Yeah. And having a bit of a mess about with that. You True. Know? True. I can't believe that you don't. Everybody has a specific gooch razor, don't they? Not a razor. But a, a, or a shaver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. I'm not that rich. I've only so, got one. So you do balls, face. What else do you do? Feet. Feet. Is that it? That's it, yeah. In that order, <laughs> balls, <laughs> face, face, and feet. I'd probably do feet. Probably do face and feet the most. You know, I like to, I like to go. I like to go the odd Jack, Michael Jackson flower every now and again just to keep it entertaining, just to surprise the wife. <laughs> There's nothing worse than that surprise. Is there the other way around? Not worse. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> this is what you're tuning in for. You see. <laughs> You've dialed into this show thinking, I, w- I want some boxing Genuinely. Chat. Honestly, do you want me to get my feet out yeah, now? Yeah, go on. I want to see. I want to see, actually. Honestly, if I... I listen, I'm not asking about you seen it, but if I got on the train and flip-flops and these feet... Yeah. That's not that bad. You've got hairy toes, haven't you? Yeah. That's not that bad. So you, what do you do? Do you shave that down to the wood? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're down to the wood, yeah. Absolutely. Do you not get, like... Prickles in your socks, though. Well, I don't wear socks. I try not to wear socks. In a... like, this is the last time I'll probably wear socks now till September. <laughs> in New York next week, mate. I don't care what the weather is. I'll be in flip flops for the duration. It's not warm, mate. I don't care. I'm an Aldi <laughs> <laughs> slash working. Sorry, if the wife's listening, I'm working. He's not working. We're just on the piss for a week. <laughs> right there, you go. There you go. A little bit of an insight there. So, the so what we've what we've learned over the last month uh, with you, with it being quite uh, a quiet time in the world of boxing, mm-hmm. we know that you go for a shit three times a day, like most men. You shave your feet, and like, you and you have like the, most men, and you have the same electric razor for your balls as you do your face, like most working class. No, I'm a working class. No, nah, listen, right. First of all, people, no, middle no. class people have two razors: a, bo- a Gucci razor and a face <laughs> razor. But us working class people. We've just got one. I can't legs. afford a Gooch razor. They're not that expensive, man. <laughs> How'd you get a fade? Yeah, good point. You've got to get a nice fade in, haven't you? You know what I mean? Do you go, do you go, do you go literally balls deep with your... Uh, yeah. Would you, would oh, so it would, mate. Makes it look bigger, doesn't it? Do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking yeah. hell, that's, that's weird. What do you mean? That's weird. Why is that weird? Oh, I don't go balls deep. I don't go fucking to the wood. What do you do? Do you put a little air, you put a little air like cut a on it? a six-year-old cock. <laughs> It's a bit bigger than that. Just a touch, though. <laughs> I like to leave a little bit of grass on the wicket. Do you? Yeah. I don't go to the wood. How uncomfortable is that when you go to the wood, then? Don't you get prickles in your underpants? Nice sound is that, mate. Honestly. I feel like a proper man when I get out at the shower. Okay, you you can see it wafting around and you think to yourself, yeah, it's a proper job, that. If wife does the same thing, you might cause a fire. The friction. Gotta <laughs> <laughs> have a bit of cushion and support there. <laughs> Um, for those that were listening to me and Nick at the weekend on the radio talking boxing, <coughs> uh, we were doing uh, the TalkSport Fight Night show. PG show. Yeah, it was a PG show. Even Pricey had to curb his, uh, curb yeah. his swears right up until the end. You might have heard a couple of bleeps at the end. Uh, we had some top guests. And it's not often that I encourage you to go and listen to another podcast, but me and him did it. So you might as well go and have a little <laughs> so bit. It's all right. <laughs> so you might as well go and have a little bit of a nosy in. Pricey was on it. 
Um, Robbie Davis Jr. was on it. Sam Maxwell. How, how funny was Robbie Davis Jr. Mate. In fact, to, to be fair, the three of them were hilarious. Weren't it, they? it was. It was guess wise, it was top class. You had uh, Sam Maxwell talking about Lomachenko. Um, you had Robbie Davis Jr. talking about going for a spa with world champions. Uh, whilst his, he was on, on his, his holidays with his missus. <laughs> and then you had Pricey just being pricey. Brilliant. No, it was tremendous. We were supposed to have in uh, Scott Fitzgerald. Yeah. He was supposed to be on the show after his fantastic win against Anthony Fowler. We booked him. However... He texted me in the morning, didn't mm. he? He texted me in the morning saying, oh, I'm so sick, I've lost my voice, I really can't come yeah. in, I'm so sorry. So and he was booked And we were really concerned, weren't yes. we? Like, oh, God, so it doesn't on, sound too good. So on the day... Right, th- this is what happened, right? So on the day, he, he got back in contact with us to say that he couldn't come into the show. Nick's response was, he's lost his voice, he can't come in. Shall we just do a phone? No, Nick. <laughs> it's still the same thing. It's still audio. It's still coming out of his yeah, face. But my spidey senses were right. We probably could have done a phone. Yes, we could have done a phone. And the reason why Nick's spidey senses were correct, after the show, we recorded the show, went home, cracked on, we are there. And I think uh, Scott had actually seen a lot of the social media from the other fighters that were on the show, and he, he felt like uh, he'd let us down a little bit. Check me voicemail on Sunday morning. Check this. I won't let you down, mate. Um, I really appreciate, you know, that's going to be a, a real experience for me coming on TalkSport. But I've got to be honest with you now because I, I don't like lying. I made it up the other day. I'd, I'd fucking been an idiot and had a bit of a night, you know, and a beer like, and I, was, I couldn't have done it. I was rough as fuck, pal. So I'll make up for it as soon as you can get me on top, man. So there you go. Brilliant. Lad went out on the piss. <laughs> Love for me for he, more. He went ill. He's gone from being after that amazing fight with Fowler. He's gone from being everyone's favourite fucking madman. Yeah. To now just just out of stratosphere. Just, just one, one of the lads, lads. isn't he? I, listen, I want to go on the piss with Scott Fitzgerald because mm. it sounds like it's going to be epic. Well, me and Nick are doing the show again for Talksport this weekend. I booked him. I don't know yeah. whether he's going to turn up. <laughs> I don't know whether he'll be on the show, but if he is, he's going to do at least a good half an hour with us, and we'll get <laughs> yeah. some tales out of from from that particular night. All right, so make sure you uh, you get all over that. Uh, there's a, a lot of boxing to talk about this weekend. One of the best fights, I say one of the best fights of the year, one of the best fights for our lads anyway. Anthony Crawler taking on uh, Vasil Lomachenko in Los Angeles. We'll get to it in a minute. There's a little bit of news knocking about regarding the World Boxing Super Series. Uh, did you see that Shane McGuigan gave an interview saying... They've won uh, the Pierce bids. Well, I don't understand how this works, right? So, so for those that haven't seen it, we've been talking about the Baranchik situation for time, right? Baranchik's manager... Still to this day, he's telling us that Branchik is not in this fight on May the 18th, right? With uh, with Josh Taylor. Obviously, Branchik won the IBF crown in the first fight of the World Boxing Super Series against Anthony Yeejit. It was a vacant title. He's ended up beating Yeejit and he's become the champ, right? So the next fight is going to be, or scheduled to be, against Josh Taylor, May the 18th in Scotland. Branchik's boys, because of um, dodginess regarding the pair, have said, nah, your foot is about, we're off, we're out of here. However... Interview with Shane McGuigan says that the World Boxing Super Series have won a purse bid on uh, that IBF uh, title. Um, and therefore, if Baranchik doesn't compete against Josh Taylor on May the 18th, it'll be stripped. Josh Taylor will compete then for a vacant title. That's complete and utter bollocks, isn't it? How can that be? Because it was a vacant title for the first fight. Yep. There's no way that the, there'd be a purse bid on the second fight. He's the champion. Yeah. He's the champion going into the fight. It's not like they called a mandatory straight away. No, it does it's sound not... like nonsense. And if you look at the actual rankings, IBF rankings, mm-hmm. Josh Taylor's not the next man in line. So no. how can he fight for it? The World Boxing Super Series wouldn't own the rights to the IBF belt. No, you there's wouldn't a lot have of, there's, so. There's a lot of bollocks around this whole tournament now. It's starting to 
pissed me off a bit. There is, but then you, you don't know whether World Boxing Super Series have spoke to the IPF prior to it and said, listen, your vacant title, we want it attached to this tournament. Yeah, but he's won it now. They did that. No, no, in the but first fight, they've gone, yeah, all right, that's cool. And the guy that, that, that was number know, one but, and number two fought for it, well, that, that was the, number one, won it? I know, but that was the beauty of the cruiserweights was that at the end of it, Usyk had all the belts. And I don't know whether World Boxing Super Series have sat down with the, each of the w, IBF, WBC, whatever, and gone, listen, we want to make sure that this belt in this weight division is part of this tournament from start to finish, especially if it's a vacant belt coming in. If it was a title a champion coming in, fair enough. Yeah. I don't know whether they may have had a conversation. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate here because you're right. How the fuck can they do that? How? Yeah. I, I've tried my very best to think about that interview and how the permutations will play out where he is correct, Shane McGuigan, in what he's saying. And it just doesn't sit at all. No. I've never heard anything like that. Are you... The first fight in the tournament was for the vacant belt. Yeah. There's a new champion. <clears throat> yeah. Okay, he moves through to the semi-final to fight another guy, but the other guy isn't ranked one, two, or I think he's ranked third maybe with the IBF or fourth with the IBF, Josh Taylor. So it's, therefore, he wouldn't be next in line anyway if it was a vacant title. I don't. What I don't understand is why are Baranchik's people still trying to pull away from the tournament? It's, I don't know. There's 50 million pots at the end of it. There's, you know... There's obviously the, the route to become undisputed champion, this weight division. Is there? Is there 50 million in it? The whole pot's 50 million, yeah. For the, but that's split, what they but, for this season. But split between fighters. It's not just for him. No, it's not just for the winner of this tournament. But yeah. you can guarantee it's, you know... It's, he'll get a light, he'll get a decent Oh, whack. it's, you know, it's eight or nine figures without a shadow of a doubt. Okay. But, so you've you got to wonder why he's moving away. The date's been done. The tickets are on sale. You can buy tickets yeah, they went for on the sale. show. Well, that's another thing as well. on sale last week. That's another thing, right? So the tickets went on sale, I think, on Friday, didn't they? Mm -hmm. You've got... On the top of the ticket, Taylor versus Branchik, in yeah. way is obviously on there as well, which is a big pull for a lot of people who are into the boxing. But the yeah. big pull is what I want to watch Josh Taylor in a world title Become fight. world champion. Yeah, exactly mm -hmm. that. Now, just from consumer law in the UK, they are selling that now. That is being sold. It's been sold to you the fans. You can buy tickets now. You can buy tickets. But 26 it's been, quid. Yeah, but the, the moniker is it's being sold as Taylor versus Branchik. That's what it's yes. being sold at. If it's not Taylor versus Branchik on the night, for me as a consumer, I am well within my right to say, that's not what I bought. Yeah, yeah. I bought Taylor versus Branchik. I want my money back. Yeah. You're probably not going to do that because it's an opportunity to go and see Inoue fight. Of course. Uh, but I think for most people as well, most you know, when you're selling tickets to, to arenas like this, most jocks, Scots who are going to buy these tickets, let's be honest, want to see Josh Taylor become world champion. I don't think there's a, I don't think the over overriding percentage of them would be like, well, if it's not Baranchik, fuck it then. I've, I'm not I'm not watching Josh Taylor beat somebody else. Mm. I think unless it's Ricky unless unless it's Ricky Burns, maybe well, you there might you go. get away fucking with hell, that. Then it's even got, then the tickets are even better then, aren't they? It's an all Scottish showdown for a world title. No, it's not a world title. How can it be a world title? How can you make Josh Taylor versus Ricky Burns for a world title? You'd have to strip Baranchik. Yeah, but how can you do that? That's what I mean. How can you do that? But if they've called a pace bid. I'm just trying to go, off. if Shane's correct, it's not like Shane's going to make shit up, is no, it? I'm, no, I'm not saying he has, he's making shit up. Yeah, I'm yeah. saying that he's been told something that I don't think is necessarily true. No. It's just something that doesn't make sense from the outside looking in. Yeah. However, that was a vacant title when this tournament started. Correct. Did they sit <clears> down <throat> with the IBF and go, this title will be attached to this it's tournament it's until it's the end? We'll no, until the end. Because the tournament's worth 50 million and you as the IBF are going to get your fucking stake back. So why let someone come in in round one, win the title, and then piss off with it? We want the title to stay in this tournament until the end. You're going to get three three sanctioning fees for it. Your guy, at the end of it, your belt is going to be associated with the undisputed champion in this weight division. Mm. We want it in. IBF may have gone, sounds fucking good to us. Thank you very much. Yeah, brown envelope. Well, no problem. Well, 
Unified champion, WBC champion's not in it, is it? But yeah, I get yeah. what you mean. I get. Listen, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out, man, because we've got, what, yeah. five weeks, is it? But, but again, why is Baranchek still trying to distance himself if he doesn't? Now it's starting to feel like he just doesn't want to fight Josh Taylor. You know he's changed trainers as well, don't you? Yep. He's gone to Freddie Roach now. Yep. The uh, His management, who were obviously saying that he's out of this tournament, there's obviously been some dispute with him and his previous trainers, mm-hmm. and now he's fighting with, or he's training with Freddie Roach. Just doesn't sit right. Win a world title and then go to a different coach. It is kind of weird. Mm. Kind of weird. It's, you know, at the end of the day, it's all good for Josh Taylor. If you're a Josh Taylor fan, this is great because it's fucking turmoil. However, if you'd bought a ticket, you would still be thinking, I wonder who Josh is going to actually be fighting on that. And is it for a world title? Just because of the noises that are being made. Yeah. It'd be be so disappointing for Josh Taylor if it wasn't a world title. In my head, this has got, it's got to be a world title fight now Mm. for what they've built it as. But it's crazy. Luckily, on the other side of the draw, there is still a world title in this. It's not like yep. the super middleweights of last year when we were thinking, is uh, George Groves not going to be in it? There was with the, the only one legit world title in there. There is one on the other side where uh, Progress is fighting Relic. Um, so therefore, the final will have world titles on the line. But you would have wanted it to be unified. Yeah, of course. Anyway, we'll, we'll keep, our, keep an eye on our social media throughout the course of the week because we'll do our very best to keep across it. Yeah. We've been doing this for about two months, three months now <laughs> to try and keep you across it. I know. It's mental. It's gone from last year where we were like, this is the best thing to happen to boxing. Yeah. And now you're like, fucking, this is boxing. This mm. is typical of professional boxing. Mm. Uh, one thing that we have been harping on about since the start mm. of the year is that Alexander Usyk's going to be the biggest threat in the heavyweight division. It is now confirmed that on May the 18th, he's going to be fighting Carlos Takam. Again, yep. we told you about this last month that it was going to be Takam, uh, but it's all been confirmed, signed, sealed, delivered. Few people throwing shade on the fight. I think this is the best heavyweight matchup so this far this year. Yes, 100%. Because we don't know... Big if questions Usyk, to be answered. Yeah, we don't know whether he can take a dig at heavyweight. We don't know whether he's got enough power at heavyweight. He's most certainly got the skills. Yep. Takam's perfect. Durable as fuck. Can whack a little bit. Let's have it, man. Yep. He could box... If he boxes Takam's <clears> head <throat> off and then stops him late, yep. we've got a player. 100%. 100%. I think even if he completely outboxes Takam, wins every round, I think we've got a player because... Usyk seems to bring this you, yeah, but you, skill set. Yeah, but you want him to have a dig, though. Of don't course, you? you want him to. You want him to carry his power. But yeah. it'll be interesting to see how he looks. You know, the work that he's done while he's been away. I know he said he was spending time with family, but you know, don't don't kid yourself. Usyk will be putting muscle on. He will be putting size on, but trying to keep that speed as well. Bear in mind, in the amateurs, this is what he played. He played mm-hmm. at heavyweight. He yeah, made, yeah. He made uh, Joe Joyce, Joyce look uh, well, very amateurish, didn't it? In the amateurs, I'm not saying yeah. that, but yeah, he did. But then. At no point, I've watched that fight back, at no point was Joe Joyce in trouble either. No, he wasn't. Which makes you worried about whether the power does carry. Yeah. You know, so... But Joe um, Joyce is like Terminator, mate. Yeah, he's a fucking lunatic, <laughs> big Joe, isn't he? So that, that's really no barometer. But this is a great barometer, and you're right. Carlos Tachem versus Usyk, the best heavyweight fight of 2019 to date mm. that's been made. The rest of What, them, not Fury and Schwartz? Who? You know, you're not a big Tony Schwatch? Hey, fan? Tony! Hey, Tony Schwatch! <laughs> no, not Tony Schwatch. Speaking of trainers and uh, fighters meeting up and, uh, and, and and new relationships being formed, I've been told, having spoken to Amir Khan last week, who's preparing for Terrence Crawford on April the 20th. Yes, sir, we will be there. There's a certain uh, Chris Eubank Jr. that is training in his gym at this moment in time. Eubank Jr. is uh, knocking about with Virgil Hunter. They're having a two-week trial just to see how that goes. Wow, okay, that's interesting. I like the sound of that. Hmm. It won't last, but I like the sound of it. Just because Chris Eubank Jr. and Senior, they just do their own thing, don't they? And and, and don't forget, Eubank Jr. has had trials with fucking everybody. He's mm. had trials with Freddie Roach. He's had trials with uh, the Mayweathers. Mayweather Senior, yeah. Yeah, he's been, he's been everywhere. And I think he's just... 
he just knows better than everybody else, doesn't he? I think to go to somewhere like Virgil Hunter, Miami has been able to reinvent himself so many times with different coaches is because he just gives himself to them. He, he treats them with ultimate respect. And mm. if they say jump, he says how high. And I don't think that's in Chris, Chris Eubank Jr.'s makeup. I saw some, just in his defence, I saw some tape the other day of uh, the corner when he fought uh, James DeGale. And uh, leading up to that, you know, that I spent a bit of time in his gym and I was told by Nate Vasquez, who was cornering him that day, yeah. that he was told that Senior wouldn't be anywhere near the corner. He'd just be a person in the crown and chilling and what have you. Anyway, on fight night, you know where he was. He was right there and right there and beside. During the fight, Junior told his dad to shut up. I'm listening to what Nate has got to say. Mm-hmm. Good sign. I think that's a good sign. It is a good sign. It is absolutely a good sign, but he will never be able to keep his father away from from the roadshow he'll never ever be able to keep him away mm. and while that spectre is there and while that Eubank blood runs through those veins I just can't see himself going somewhere like Virgil Hunter and giving himself up to Virgil Hunter like Virgil Hunter coach of fucking superstar ring magazine champions would demand because mm. Virgil Hunter especially after his near fucking death experience yeah. from a few months ago he won't waste his time with anybody, you know. He's only going to spend time with people he thinks who, who have genuinely got the potential. And while Chris Eubank's got the potential, I don't believe he's got the focus, you know. Mm. Roll on this weekend. You ready? Yeah, man. Friday it's night, good. by the way, just a quick reminder. There's a few people getting confused by this. They keep talking to us on social media about, oh, I can't wait for Saturday. No, it's not Saturday. It's Friday night. Well, maybe they're talking about the biggest all-women's fight in boxing history, though. Yeah, maybe. that goes down on Saturday. Yeah, maybe. We'll, we are going to talk about Clarissa Shields and uh, Christina Hammer in a moment or two. But first of all, Friday night. Friday. Early hours of Saturday morning. Los Angeles, California is the destination. Staples Centre is the Sports. place. Is it on Sky? It's on Sky Sports in the early hours of the morning. Fight night international. Early hours of Saturday. I love it. I love it. It is Vasyl Lomachenko taking on Anthony Million dollar crawler. Listen, you spent some time with crawler. We'll talk about Lomachenko in a bit because we spoke to Sam Maxwell at the weekend about about, uh, Lomachenko. Yeah. Crawler, you spent time with him. You looked in his eyes. Yeah. Where's his headspace? He knows he's up against it. He knows he's up against it. But let me tell you, they've had Frankie Gavin and Jazza Dickens in. And I know most people listening will be like, what the fuck? Frankie Gavin, you fucking kidding me? And Jazza Dickens, you know, fought fucking lasted a round or two before getting his jaw broken, blah, blah. And. I'm telling you now, technically, anyone in boxing, anyone that, any pro boxer that's listening to this now or any trainer will tell you that Jazza Dickens is a fucking supremely technical boxer. Should have been world champion by now. It's probably only the fact that he's small. Maybe he's, he hasn't had the right promoter that's pushed him in the right direction. And Frankie Gavin could well go down as the greatest fucking talent never to make it just because of something in Frankie Gavin's head which refuses to allow him to train properly. But technically, Frankie Gavin is superb. Now, both those guys, they've had them in. And this isn't getting translated to Ukrainian, so I'll give a fucking bit of an insight. But they've been in there mimicking Lomachenko in moments, but then they've been taking it a step further. So they've been mimicking what Lomachenko does. But the problem with Lomachenko, because he is so supremely fantastic... You kind of don't know what he's going to do next because he's that good. But we do know he likes to slip shots and slip to the side if you you with shots that you haven't even seen coming. So Frankie Gavin and Jazza Dickens have been doing exactly that. So in that moment, they were working on a counter to what comes next. However, they were then going a step further and saying, if we threw this counter, Frankie, now, would it hit you? Or how would you come back with... And Frankie would go, okay, well, I would... If you threw that now, then, after with as your counter to this move I've just done... My return would be this. 
And then they do exactly the same with Jazza Dickens and go, okay, you've done the Lomachenko move, our counter's this, what you come back with? And Jazza Dickens will come back with something completely different. So now Crawler's having to work on something that works. Okay, I can't throw a left because it'll hit Frankie, but it won't hit Jazza. So what about if I step back and throw a right uppercut? Actually, that hits them both. That's how far they've took this. Like, you know. So what you're saying is that they're not going for the best version of Anthony Crawler. No. They've stripped Anthony Crawler right down. Unbelievable. And they're building Anthony Crawler 2.0. And, and that's what Joe said to me. He said, listen, like this is this is Crawler's last chance. This We know that. It doesn't get any bigger than this. This guy's the pound for pound number one. Anthony's back in a world title fight. The stage doesn't get any bigger. You can't turn up as the best Anthony Crawler because so many other Lomachenko opponents have turned up as the very best version of themselves and just got embarrassed. What you've got to do is strip yourself back and turn up as a Lomachenko defeating machine. Yeah. Now, that's impossible because only one man's ever done it and he was about eight pound overweight and it was in Lomachenko's second fucking pro fight. Yeah, but people have had success when they've done exactly. that. Exactly. So if you go, okay, this guy was able to... It, at times, Bully Lomachenko, who was a novice at the time, blah, blah, blah. He's won rounds. Okay, there's a way to win rounds there. This guy over here, Pedraza, won the first three or four rounds against them because he's fought like this, and that's how you do it. And then this guy over here, Jorge, he dropped he dropped him, so he can be dropped. What was the shot he dropped him with? Okay, so it, in, so in a mad Fra- scientist... You're Frankenstein. That's exactly, you in you a mad scientist together. way, you try and pull it all together as Frankenstein and go, okay, there's a bit here, a bit there, a bit there. Okay, we've got a bit of a blueprint here, how you beat Lomachenko. But also, it's Lomachenko. So it comes down to the fact that maybe Lomachenko's looking past Crawler. Maybe Lomachenko's going to turn up on the night 90% rather than 100%. Maybe he's had a problem with that shoulder injury, which he's had surgery on. Maybe it isn't as fluid as it once was. You know, we see, we almost seen George Groves against Chris Eubank Jr. Don't forget, when his shoulder popped out, if that had two more rounds, Eubank Jr. may well have nailed him. You just don't know. And I know it's... It's grabbing at stores to say Lomachenko, fucking hell, Lomachenko might get an injury, we might <clears> get something. But this is pro boxing. Anything can happen. Here we go. He's in the fight. He's mentally prepared. And you know what? Something else he worked on loads was Crawler being frustrated. I was just about to ask you that. Losing Because that's the big thing. Yeah. We've seen with Rigon Dow. We've yeah. seen with the, the Axe, Nick, Nicholas Walters. We've seen with so many. They've gone in there. They can't lay a glove on him. And they've just gone, fuck this and gone home. Yeah, exactly. And I spoke to Crawler about that at length. And we'll post the YouTube video again this week. Anyone fancies seeing it, go on to Fight Disciples' YouTube account. Because it's a wicked interview. Rod Nearly said, I was coming back. I'm, I'm sparring. I'm coming back to the corner. And I'm saying to Joe, I'm fucking so frustrated. This is doing me head in. I, I hate doing this. I'm, I'm boxing. I'm trying to do something I'm not naturally used to doing. And these guys are fucking all over the place. They're not They're not engaging with me. They're fucking annoying me. Because Joe's in the ear going, for this round, just keep stepping that way. Just keep doing... Like, not engaging in the... Uh, frustrating. So, in Crawler's head, he's thinking, come on, I'm trying to fucking prepare for Lomachenko in here and you're not even fighting me. You're fucking about. Because he wanted to get into Crawler's head to go, this is what might happen in the fight. You're going to get frustrated. But ultimately, Joe also said, and this was key, said, the thing with Lomachenko is he's so good. He is so good. He's a peacock. He wants to show off. He wants to show off. And he said, at some point in there, I believe he's going to change stances to, to engage Anthony. He's going to go Southport Orthodox. He's going to... Because he can. He's going to do that. And we've got to be ready for that. And we've got to be ready to nail him when he does do that. When he does switch stance, we've got to be ready to step on him. Because we know it will happen in the fight. Mm. But... Listen, we've, we've got, obviously, this, and then the week after we've got Con, uh, Crawford, right? Yep. I asked you this on the radio at the weekend, but for those that didn't hear it, which is the bigger underdog story? Crawler beating Lomachenko or Khan beating Crawford? For me, it's absolutely Crawler beating Lomachenko. Just because Anthony Crawler 
Yes, he's been a world champion. Yes, he's a superstar in the UK. Yes, he's the only guy at the moment that can sell out Manchester Arena. However, take him to America, pretty much unknown. Not a big star. Amir Khan's a big star, a huge star, multiple weight world champion, been in huge fights before, been on pay-per-view in America before. Anthony hasn't done that. So Anthony Crawler is nowhere near as big a star. And that said, Lomachenko is a bigger star than Terence Crawford. I would argue that Amir Khan, out of these four, Amir Khan's probably more well-known than all of them. I'll be honest. Yeah, yeah. He's been around a lot longer. He's been at the top for 10 years. And also the bookies reflect that as well. Look at my cheeky little William L. Double here. I'll put this up for everyone to have a look at. But check that out for a lovely double. Boom. Crawler, Khan, double. That, that, there's a reason why the price is that big, mate. Crawler, it's a two-horse race. These are two-horse races. Yeah, I know they are. Crawler's at 20 to 1 just to with win. William Hill just to win. And... Amir Khan is 11-2 to two with William Hill just to win. The double with uh, with William Hill, our betting partner. For £5 stake, I'm looking at £682.50. Look at you. Everybody's now clambering for the funds. There's a reason why it's that big, because of the gulf. When you, when you compare great British victories abroad in the past, obviously everybody will refer to Lloyd Hunnigan and Donald Curry, right? Yeah. Donald Curry at the time, class as one of the pound-for-pound pound best on the planet. Lloyd Hunnigan went over there and took his belts off him. Yeah. I'm seeing... That story, well, I'm not seeing it play out like that. I'm going to be dead honest. But the prerequisite, I'm seeing that storyline for uh, Crawler and Lomachenko, one of the best pound for pound on the planet. However, what Crawler does have in his favour is that he is a former world champion going in there. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, he is. And he's at the stage in his life as well where he's five years ago, uh, he, he hasn't got a hope in hell. And while the odds are massively stacked against him this time, I just think where he is mature, he's mature enough to get in there and lose rounds, lose successive rounds, but to stay in the fight. If he can stay in the fight, he's got a chance. If he can stay in the fight, he's got a chance. But it's going to be tough. It's going to be incredible. You know, even if he stays in the fight, he could lose every round. Yeah. That's the problem. But you've just got to hope that at some stage, Lomachenko, whose body has let him down before, who may get bored, who may start looking, thinking about other things, may just take his eye off the ball. In one moment, that's all it takes is just one moment. Anthony Crawler's life changes hugely, oh, love dramatically. It. I'd absolutely it love it if it's it happened. Diamond. He's a top geezer and nobody deserves that moment more than, than Anthony Crawler. No question about that. I just can't see it if I'm dead no. honest, mate. What I can see, though... Is it him, him giving Lomachenko more of a fight than some of the others yes. that have been in there with him? I'm not saying all Pedraza gave him a fight. Linares gave him a fight, you know? I'm talking people like Rigon Dow. I'm talking Rigondeau, people like Nicholas Walters. Walters. People yeah. like yeah. that. Anthony Crawler will give him more of a fight. I can see Anthony Crawler losing every single round. Of course I can. But <clears throat> there'll be moments in the fight where I think Anthony Crawler will come away from this with an awful lot of credit. Yeah. I'll tell you what you won't get. You, you won't quit. You won't see Anthony Crawler, Crawler quit. You know, I, I would, I would hate to see Joe have to pull him out. Yeah, and that, 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 and might that may well happen. I would hate to see that just for Crawler himself. But they listen. They know the size, of the task at hand. But they also deserve this opportunity. Anthony Crawler deserves to face Vasil Lomachenko, and he will prove on Saturday night why why he deserves that opportunity because they'll be fully prepared. He'll be fully focused, and I'm like you. I think he's going to give him a. He'll give the number one boxer on the planet, my 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 fucking number one pick. Crawler will give him more of a fight than people are giving him credit for. And I'll tell you something. In the Staples Centre at the weekend, on Friday night, 
I would be very, very surprised if it didn't feel like a home fight for Anthony Crawler. Yeah. He'll take a boatload of fans over there. They follow him wherever. And I think there'll be a few over there. We've seen uh, Lomachenko fights in the past. There's Sam Maxwell were telling us at the weekend. Yeah. It's like a golf clap every time he lands a shot. There's, n- there's not that raucous, wow, we are watching greatness when Lomachenko fights. No. We know that he's great, but the fans don't seem to really, he doesn't seem to have that uh, vociferous, uh, following like an Anthony Crawler would do, so no. I would I would say that Crawler might take a couple of thousands over there, and they'll make an awful lot of noise. Yeah, I think the only thing that might might work in Lomachenko's favour in terms of noise is the fact that he usually fights on the East Coast, and this is on the West Coast, so mm. you might get a lot of the West Coast Ukrainians turning out in force. And also, as usual, because it's the Staples Center in LA on a Friday night, expect fucking Kevin Hart, The Rock, you know, fucking all the usual. All the usual suspects, you know, Jason Statham, Vinnie Jones, That's they'll it. all be fucking ringside. And That's it. Big Vinny will be leading the chorus for Anthony Crawlin, I'm sure. Fingers crossed. Yep. Um, like I said, Friday night, You've remember that. You've got to be fucking in it to win it. You've got to be in it to win it, and he's in it. Mm. Our guy is in it. Mm. Let's just support him. Mm. And that's Friday night into Saturday morning. Stay up, watch it. It's one of them that you stay up for. Fuck yeah, of course. Don't be, don't be getting Holy up. Holy shit, are you messing? Don't be getting up in the morning early for it. Make sure you stay up for it. There's not much of an undercard being confirmed yet, but Gilberto no. Ramirez is on there, isn't he? The super middleweight champion. Yeah. In his first fight at light heavyweight. Yeah, yeah. So whether that pushes him towards the Kovalev fight or... I, I don't think we'll see him come back down. I bet your jaw's in his ear. Are you coming back down for a knock, son? Bring that uh, WBO belt with you. Let's have a bit of a do yep. for his fight with uh, Callum Smith, who, by the way, you've uh, had confirmation that he will 100% be fighting on the AJ undercard. Yes, I spoke to Callum and he's 100% on that bill. June the 1st, um, he believes he's going to be co-main, so expect an announcement soon. Um, it will be a defensive as well title, he believes, so mm. it will be a contender, obviously, but no news as of yet, but mm-hmm. he is confirmed as chief support to AJ. Uh, Saturday night, there's more fights um, over in the States again. There's a few, actually, a few different cards. I'll go for Jaime Mungia first up. Yep. Um, I know you're a massive fan of his. Yep. He uh, obviously defeated Liam Smith recently. Jaime Mungia, you're the you're the person that he's pushing for maybe him at some point to be having a little bit of a knot with Canelo, the old Battle of Mexico. Um, he, he does hit hard, but he is hittable, this kid. Dennis yep. Hogan. Um, is the man that comes up against him for uh, for his world title at the weekend. You'd expect Mungia to come through this, but it'll be a proper fight because Dennis Hogan's got an half-decent record. Yes, he's not he's not fought anybody. This is no. a massive step up for him, but he is raw. As all the champions go, Mungia is a raw, raw fighter and therefore there is vulnerabilities there. There is vulnerabilities, you're right, and you know he's still very much in the, in the development phase of his career. However... Dennis Hogan, as game as he is, couldn't punch his way out of a wet paper bag in terms of this level. I think he's only got six or seven knockouts in his entire career of 30-odd fights, so 30 fights. And at this level, if you can't punch, you don't stand a chance. Cause Especially Mungia, against someone can whack Mungia like can punch. So Mungia, just looking at Hogan's record, knows he'll be able to walk through Hogan's shots and bomb him out of there. So. And that's what he likes to do. Exactly. He doesn't like to defend. It's, it's, it's the perfect opponent for him. Perfect yeah. opponent. I think uh, you know this is a Golden Boy show, but it's in Monterey, it's in Mexico, it's a big home, come and fight for Mungia. Yeah. And expect Mungia to be absolutely explosive. That one ain't going past six rounds. Uh, Peter Quillen's back in action this weekend. Um, he's had the weirdest of careers as Peter Quillen, former WBO middleweight champion. I think I've spoke about him on this podcast definitely over the last three years where Al, he's an Al Heyman fighter and Al Heyman used to pay him not to fight, like proper money as well, like two, three million dollars, stay away from that particular fight, stay on the sidelines. He's been so inactive, he were away for about two years. Yep. Anyway, he's fighting Caleb Truex uh, this weekend, the former IBF champion who obviously James DeGale beat in that rematch. Um, 
I like Kid Chocolate. I really do, man. I think he's uh, a slick character. I hope that he comes through this because I would like to see him in the mix with someone like a Billy Joe Saunders or something like that at some yeah. point if Billy even Joe a, does even come a potential back fight with Callum Smith down the line. But interesting because obviously Ami is fighting next week. So, you know, Quinlan's been in camp at the same time as Amir because Quinlan's in the same camp, isn't he? Quinlan, Quinlan's with Amir in, L, in San Francisco or, Le, or LA. They're all from the same stable. That's what you're saying. Can you not have two fights? Joe does it all the time. He has a fighter on one week, one week on the other. Big dote. You know, it's, it's all the way to Minnesota. It's just like Khan's out. I've got this huge fight ahead. And he's going to be without his coach for three days. It's a big fight for Quinn, no? Mm. He can't afford to lose against Caleb Truax. Mm. Uh, Denny Vianchenko's in action this weekend against uh, Jack Kukai. Uh, Den- Same bill, innit? Yeah. Denny Vianchenko. I think we spoke about him on the show on, uh, on several occasions. The kid can whack a little bit. Um, I like him a lot, but this it's one of them fights where you just think it's. Uh, would you say? Would you? What's well, the getting back in the win column, isn't it? You know, he lost to Danny Jacobs, but yeah. he got dropped in the first, didn't he? And that cost him against Danny Jacobs ultimately because it was a close fight. But the knockdown fucked him. But um, this is a this is a typical comeback fight. You know, it's a Fox card. I know that on TV, but this is a, a an opportunity for Darinchenko to get back in the mm. middleweight title mix. Likewise for Quinlan to, to jump back in, get active with a big win over the former world champion in Truax and put his name in the frame. Uh, the big fight of the weekend, the historic fight. I know that we on this show speak quite a lot about Katie Taylor, but there's an historic fight in the uh, ladies' middleweight division at the weekend. A uh, couple of belts on each side, bringing them all together to become undisputed champion. It is, of course, Closer Shields against the German uh, Christina Hammer. I kind of like these two. I'm a little bit of back and forth. I've seen a few little documentaries on them. Mm-hmm. Christina Hammer saying, nah, she's not really developed much. Uh, since the amateurs. Uh, these two had a little bit of a knock. I think uh, Clarissa Shields was 16 or maybe 17 years of age when they first had a little bit of a... Uh, they were the uh, did they? Uh, they had a, a fight in the amateurs. Oh, did they? Yeah, yeah when they were... One of the Worlds uh, or the or, uh, I think World she, Championships or Yeah, something. I think she were. I think she said she was 16 or 17 years of age when <clears> they, they first had a fight. Christine Hammer says, no, she's not developed that much uh, since, obviously, she's gone into the pro ranks and become uh, uh, the unified middleweight champion of the world, which I think's riled uh, Clarissa up a little bit. Yeah. So uh, expect a little bit of a do. Clarissa's the Clarissa's mustard, absolute mustard. But having said that, though, if you look at the record, Christina Hammer looks mustard as well. Yeah, this both is pro- undefeated. Well, this is proper. Yeah, you know what I mean. We this complain is as good as it gets. We complain all the time about the levels in female boxing, mm-hmm. um, and it doesn't get better than this. These no, two are the best of the best in the middleweight division. Here we go. Let's see who's the. Let's see who's got the lot. Well, I've said it before that I believe that Clarissa Shields is out of her weight division anyway. I think she relies on the fact that she's so talented to fight at middleweight. But when you watch this fight at the weekend, you'll see again that she's she's fleshy. I know Christina Hammer in the build-up to this has been... You're only doing that because you want to come down and have a knock with Katie Taylor. That's, that's what it is. Well, I think she could. That's what I'm saying. I think she's she's getting by on the fact she's a two-time gold medalist. No, she's the only American ever to win back-to-back Olympic gold medals. Mm. Fucking let that sink in. Mm. That's why she goes around calling herself the GWOAT, isn't it? That's why she has <laughs> on the back of her shirt, the GWOAT. Um... She's got all the talent in the world, Clarissa Shields, but as I say, for me, she's not a natural middleweight, whereas Christina Hammer is a natural middleweight. She's a big girl, and Christina Hammer has got the power as well. Don't call her the hammer for nothing. She's got a lot more power. Clarissa Shields, okay, she only had eight fights as a problem. Most of them have been world title fights. Where's Christina at? She's in her 20, uh, 20s when it comes to fights, isn't she? 24. 20, 24 fights, yeah. She had 24, and she's had like easily... Let's have a quick look. She had 50% knockouts. Mm. Um Clarissa Shields. And in the female game, that's massive because it's only two minute rounds. Two minute you know rounds, I mean? yeah. Clarissa Shields, eight and oh, two knockouts. Um, so I, I would say ha- that Christ- Christina's probably got the, the edge in power here. And as I say, she's got, the, she's got the natural size and strength as well. 
I would love to see Clarissa Shields win this, unify this thing, then say talk about moving down rather than going in the opposite direction. Because mm. inevitably there's a there's a meeting in the middle. I think the Katie Taylor thing might be a push, but obviously Cecilia Breakhouse is the undisputed champion at welterweight. Yeah. And I definitely think she could make welterweight Clarissa Shields. And that would be another huge legacy defining fight. But they're like the th- these are the four biggest stars in women's boxing right now. Like Katie Taylor, uh C- Cecilia Breakhouse and these two, Christina Hammer and Clarissa Shields. So it's good that two of them are getting it on. Um, and top of the bill. You know what I mean? It. Top of the bill it's live on devel- time. Such a development yeah. when it comes to the, work, the way that the fans are appreciating now female boxing. I think everybody knows that these two are mustard. Yeah. And for Showtime to come along and say, right, okay, you can have your own show. There you go. Top of the bill. Yeah. Job done. Saturday and they've done a countdown time. show on YouTube as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They've done the full Showtime countdown show with them both and all that stuff. So, you know, it's certainly got the feel of a big fight. And in America, I'd say that it hasn't really touched the surface over here just because of, you know, that we've had a quiet week of boxing. I think most boxing journalists have gone on Aldi for a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no one's really talking about it. But this is being billed in the US as the biggest fight in women's boxing history um, just because of the exposure it's getting. So, um, what do you make of Clarissa Shields' comments that if she was a bloke, she'd be getting I agree. a lot more she's fucking, coverage? She's say. the only American to win back-to-back Olympic gold, medal, gold medals. Mm. How is she not being billed bigger? How is she not getting the credit she deserves? How is she not getting bigger paydays? Obviously, the, the problem is it's the talent pool. Once you get into the pro ranks, yeah. Clarissa Shields, as a two-time Olympic gold medalist, is probably the most famous American boxer right now. Before she even had a pro fight, just because of the exposure the Olympic medals got her. The problem is, there's no, it's not like she can step into weight division and they go, oh, wait until she faces her, oh, wait until she faces her. With all due respect, Christina Hammer, yeah, a, a reputation stands up. But in, in terms of American sports, yeah. you know, she, it's not like she's a household name, far from it. And that's the problem women's boxing is always going to have until there's that depth. But then you won't get the depth until there's more money and more exposure. So more young female athletes go, okay, boxing's a great choice because after the... Everyone knows the Clarissa Shields story. She fucking was doing like washing cars and, and car boot sales to go to the Olympic Games. Yeah. She didn't have a pot of piss in growing up in Flint. We've all seen the, the, that amazing documentary where she hasn't even got a, a cover on her duvet in her bedroom. Like she, she literally had fucking nothing. And she was going to the Olympic Games. She had no funding whatsoever. Mm. And now she's a superstar. She deserves every penny in my book. Mm. Should be a cracking fight this weekend. Yeah, man. Are you tipping her to come through it? Uh, I don't know. I, I say Christine Hammer's got the experience and she's got the power for me. And I think Clarissa Shields is in the wrong weight division. However, she could outbox her. She, she could outbox her. The thing is, when you look at both these girls' records, 8-0 Clarissa Shields, 24-0 Christina Hammer, you could count on one hand the amount of rounds they've fucking lost. Rounds yeah. in the history of their fights. The amount of 10 rounders Christina Hammer's won, 100 to fucking 90, is ridiculous. Yeah. And likewise, Clarissa Shields, I know she got she got put down once, but I think the fight she got put down in is the only fight of the eight that she's actually lost a round in because obviously she got dropped. But she got up and won. So, you know, it, it, it's a good one. I hope it's on B- British TV somewhere. I don't know whether it's been announced. I haven't yet. seen It'd be it. Great but if it was on ITV or some shit like that. But mm. but the WB, the IBF, the WBA, the WBC, and the WBO world titles all on the line. Undisputed female middleweight champion of the world. Speaking of titles, mm. I just wanted to flag up the WBC because we often give the WBA shit for all their Mickey Mouse belts and the WBO, but the WBC are rife at the moment. Now we've all we know they have the world champion. You're not a big fan of a silver or a diamond? What's the a matter diamond with belt? A fucking silver belt. Yeah. But I was having a look. This this weekend alone, yeah. these are some of the WBC belts on the line. Lovely. 
The WBC United States welterweight title. Yeah. That's a new one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The vacant WBC F-E-C-A-R-B-O-X cruiserweight title. Have you not heard of that one The before? Fecker Box. The Fecker Box. The WBC Fecker Box cruiserweight title. And the other one is, the. this is going down in Singapore, the WBC Asian Boxing Council Continental Super Featherweight yeah, title. I've always wanted that one. For That's the one that I've always sake. dreamt of. Absolutely unreal. Now, this is the one you've dreamt of. This is not WBC, but listen to this for the belt. This one is going down in... Uh, Rawalpindi in Pakistan on yeah. Friday night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the big I'm rival. There. I'm going. To, to Lama versus Crawler. Yeah, I'm going to it. Jawad Hassan and Ali Dad. Oh, yeah. They will go... Good. Is he good in his Ali Dad? Yeah, they'll go 10 rounds for the Tanzania Pugilistic Syndicate Super Featherweight Belt. Yeah. Sounds fucking ace. Well, when I was a kid, I used to dream about winning that. The Tanzania fucking Pugilistic Syndicate Belt. That's one. Of course. That's I just one. want to see it. I just, I just want to hear the MC announce it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the new. Honest to God. There you go. Um, Action Pack weekend, starting Friday night through to Saturday. Make sure you're all over these fights. We'll be all over social media in the early hours of Saturday morning as well, keeping you across. Uh, Vasil Lomachenko yeah. and Cindy Crawler. Good luck. I'm and- Don King, innit, me? Are you going full Don King? I'm full Don King. Are you going with two I'm fights? Walk- I'm walking to the ring with Crawler. Yeah. And I'll walk out the ring with... The winner. Ah, I wonder what you're going to say there. Full donking. Two flags. That's what we call him. Um, thank you very much for listening to us. You can subscribe via iTunes. Please do so. You're looking for Fight Disciples. And if you're on iTunes, if you wouldn't mind writing us a little review, helps as we are visibility in the iTunes charts. Much appreciated. Uh, you can get uh, us on social media as well, at Fight Disciples Facebook and Twitter. All our feeds uh, are on our website, uh, fightdisciples.com. And if you want to play on Instagram, you're more than welcome to do so at The Fight Disciples. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.